0: Welcome in to episode seven, lucky number seven of the I Am Ready podcast. My name is Jay Sparks. I am the entrepreneurship coordinator here at Ready uh, of the aforementioned I Am Ready, uh, the podcast title. I am joined by my co-host, Lisa. How's it going, Lisa.
1: Great, yeah, Lisa,
0: happy to be here today. Lisa Driscoll-Hoxby, uh, our business development specialist here at Ready, and uh, we've been making our way through some of the movers and shakers of the Ready uh, sphere, some folks we enjoy, look up to, all those kinds of things. And I'm excited I get to do the intro today because I have to throw it back to when I got hired here, and I have to say that our guest today was probably the first board member who actively clapped me on the arm, said, Jay, how you doing when we were at board meetings and knew my name and seemed to take an interest in what I was doing from the very beginning. And so I'm excited to have Randa Rollins here from Shelter Insurance. How's it going, Randa?
2: It's going great. It's Good. great to be here with you and get to answer your questions today.
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think it's, we like think of it as our questions because we're, mm-hmm. we're trying to answer questions that, you know, everybody in the room at, at Ready Board Meetings kind of knows each other, pretty much knows each other, but this is a way to open up a little bit, and let people talk about things that maybe they don't get to talk about every month in and month out at Ready Board meetings. So it's kind of what we like to do with sharing. And so the first question we like to ask folks, just to get everybody warmed up and going, is tell us a little bit about your background. How would you end up in Columbia? What What are you doing? And and where did maybe Ready pop up on the radar as you were making your way through, through life
2: here? Wow, that could take us the whole hour to talk about. Um, <laughs> Well, I grew up in North Missouri on a farm, went to school at Truman State, and then ended up here for law school. So that's how I found my way to Columbia. Gotcha. That was a a few years ago. We won't talk about how many. Um, And then from there, went to Kansas City for 20 years and was in a private law practice. And uh, then decided uh, at some point it was um, appropriate to accept a job offer to come back to Columbia because when I lived here, I really loved it. And I really missed it, even though I was in Kansas City, I, I loved Columbia. So I knew that coming back here would be the perfect thing. wasn't so sure about the job yet, but <laughs> knew that living in Columbia would be great. So how I found my way to Ready? At some point, I moved from the general counsel's office over to the business side of Shelter Insurance. where I, That's why I came back to Columbia. And uh, one of my predecessors was on the Ready board. Shelter has been a supporter of Ready for as long as I can remember or think of, or the history proves out probably. And so um, so when he went off the board, I uh, willingly took that spot to get involved and uh, to be part of it.
0: It's a tale all this time, right, that the <laughs> came to Columbia, left for a while, and then went, mm-hmm. man, mm-hmm. Columbia, and ended mm-hmm. up back here, we, we've heard it a bunch. Mm-hmm. So,
1: well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So in full disclosure, I have to say I'm feeling a little bit like I didn't get the memo because for those of you, because you can't see in the podcast room, I am the only one not wearing some sort of a ready shirt. And so although I do have on red today, apparently I missed the memo that said I should have also wore my ready shirt. So let's talk about the dedication that we have right here in this room. I love it. I love it. And so I'm going to talk to you a little bit about um, being a woman executive. And so we see things changing and we're, and we're glad for a movement in this direction, but um, it's not every day that you see women um, in CEO and president positions with large, large companies. That um, So talk to us a little bit about what you would say to other women who are thinking about their career path and sometimes maybe are having some doubts or sometimes thinking about, you know, how do I get there or am I, do I belong there?
2: Good question. Um, And it's interesting that you phrased it that way because I, I remember the day that I was approached about thinking about that position and would I at some point be willing to talk about that. And I think probably the reaction of many women in the positions that we are, my first thought was, oh, I don't know that I'm qualified to do that. Um, and then when you start really taking a look at it and now that I've been in the position, it's like, Oh my gosh, you know, I, I can do this just as well as anybody did before me and hopefully better. I'm hopefully going to leave it in a better place when I move on to, to something else. So I think the, that getting over that initial reaction, and I don't know if that is, uh, I don't know if it's taught to us or we absorb it somewhere along the way, um, that that's not our role, but, um, you know, there are obviously a lot of women in this world that have overcome that, and I don't know that I would say I've, quote, overcome it, but I certainly, I I, I think about that often when I think back to that conversation and immediately questioning myself, and um, so, you know, I have the confidence now that I'm in the position, thankfully, and I hope that, you know, I, I said, I've said in many of these interviews, (coughs) excuse me, that I don't, you know, I wasn't, wasn't, purposely trying to be the first woman president and CEO of Shelter. That that's not what I'm about. I'm about the company and what's best for the company. But it's also not lost on me that it means a lot of, a lot to, as I visit with my female employees, and our female agents out in the field, the, the people that work out in the field. How much it really means to them. So it's it's important. Um, You know, we six of the top executives at Shelter are women, and um, that didn't happen because they're women. That happened because they're just really good at what they do. Um, But I do think it brings a different perspective. You know, when I walked into Shelter 20 years ago, there was one woman on the board, and one female vice president, so it's changed a lot. And uh, you know, now we have three women on the board and uh, you know, six people in the boardroom, which is great. I love working with the whole team. And I always remind the, the females though as well that it works so well at Shelter. I mean, I haven't worked at another company like this, but it works well for us because we have so much support of the men that are working with us. They don't see it any different. They, I mean, it's just, it's gotten to a point, I think, close to a point where it's like it's its not even, we don't even realize it. It's just, a, it's a given that um, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're male or female. If you have the skills and the education and the experience and the work ethic, then you're going to be the one who gets the job.
0: You know, I think one of the, the big questions we also like to ask on here is, you know, what's Randa's why you know you 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 get into a position like this a c-suite position in colombia a company that's based here that is kind of a um you know a a foundational piece of what kind of matters in in colombia with business and and you have a why that people see and respond to and and engage with you on but what's your why for for getting involved in organizations much like ready or any other nonprofit or what's what's randa's why
2: i think In my entire career, I've always been involved in something, even if if it was in Kansas City, it was chamber work or church work, or I mean, it's just there's always um, a feeling of working for others and helping others. Uh, You know, to me, that's what it's all about, and. So being here and working for shelter is even more special because one of our core values is being a good corporate citizen. So the encouragement to go serve on the board of the food bank or, you know, the board of Missouri Innovation Center or the ready board and and many other uh, nonprofits as well as uh, professional boards is just that's part of that's part of our DNA at shelter and encourage that all the time. And, um, you know, kind of. Try to make sure that we spread that work around so that you know We have somebody on some of the major nonprofit boards to help and always ask What is it that you need? What skill set do you need? Do you need somebody with accounting? Background Do you need somebody with HR background what what would fit the need of that particular group, but for me? It's just a natural, you know, my my dad was in a service club my mom Was, um, you know, the room mother for every single child, every (laughs) multiple times. I mean, they just served the community. It was a small community, but they served all the time. And that's, so that to me is just the DNA that that's what you do, whether that's from a professional standpoint, a nonprofit standpoint, a church standpoint, whatever it is, you you jump in and, and fill the need of, uh, of what's there, which of course even in our community, that need would never be completely filled, but um, at least do your part. Yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense.
1: Absolutely, and you could definitely tell that it trickles down all the way to um, the agency level because Mm -hmm. just um, your independent agents out their level of community service, their commitment to the community is um, well beyond what folks do for good business. It's because they do love living here and they love being of service. And so I think that speaks a lot to shelter is when you can see that from the top top all the way out and around to every single connection to shelters that there is that sense of um, service and that opportunity and obligation, if you will, to be of service. And we had um, Eric Morrison in Mm -hmm. and very similar um, response to the question that was um, to whom much is given, much is expected. And because we do have the opportunities Mm -hmm. that we have in all of our varied positions, it just makes good sense to um, do what you can to make the community a better place. Yeah, and I'm, I'm
2: proud of our workers for doing that, our employees and our agents. And you see it in Columbia, but I see it in 15 states as I travel and see. And, uh, you know, when I get alerts about social media, shelter insurances and social media, and I get to read those and see what our agents are doing in their various communities. Um, so it, it does, it trickles down throughout. Uh, and it's not just here in our, our local area, but across our entire operating area. And so
1: beyond ready, um, what are a couple of things that maybe you're passionate about that folks may not, they may know you from, um, you know, your executive position, but they may not know this is something that really, um, makes Randa tick.
2: Well, that's a, that's an interesting one. I think, um, you know, a little bit going back to what we were just talking about, just, you know, being out in the community and doing things for other people. Um, I, um, mostly when I was in Kansas City, but also after I moved here, was involved in some international mission. Um, and did that four times in Africa and um, a couple of other times in different locations. Um, haven't had a chance to do that as much as I would like in the last few years, <laughs> but still involved in that, still kind of have the tentacles there and hoping that at some point down the road I can get back uh, more involved in that. But. Um, just being able to, to I mean, in the combination of traveling somewhere else and seeing a different culture and understanding uh, that, you know, we have it pretty darn good when, when we have it, whatever we have here, and others don't, and so uh, reaching out and helping, so... A couple of those were in South Africa, a couple in Mozambique, and and just I still have friends there. In fact, we were back visiting in South Africa last April, and I got to see one of my friends that I made 25 years ago and have kept in touch with, and so that's that makes it fun as well. So, um, and then you know I'm I'm probably surprisingly to some people um, would classify myself as somewhat of an introvert. I still. I still like my quiet time. Um, You know, whether that's uh, on one of our two farms. My husband had a farm when we got married, and I have my family farm. So, just spending wonderful quiet time there, get kind of back to nature, having grown up on a farm, and that's just important to me to to love the land. Um, I'm a fifth generation farmer, owner of that farm uh, on my family farm, and so I see. You know, just thinking about. The people that came before me and what they had to do to um, to keep that land during the you know the depression and all those kinds of things. So I love I love doing that. In fact, right before I came here, I was buying flowers to plant. So yeah, there you go. Just <laughs> some of those things. And you know, my mom taught me to garden. So one of these days, when I have a little bit more time to be doing that, I'll be you know planting planting potatoes and onions and radishes and all kinds of things. I there it. you go. I love it. <laughs>
0: Homestead, right? Yeah, that's, that's, absolutely. That's the way to look at it. Yeah. So um, I like to, as someone who, I, I say this often, as someone who did a little radio and podcasting my own before <laughs> I started all this, I like to do a little research just in case anything fun pops Ooh. up and mm-hmm. no, nothing too crazy. But I did notice that fairly recently you got to speak to an, an earthquake summit. <laughs> and when you're from Missouri and they invite you to talk to the earthquake summit, obviously <laughs> We have one kind of thing hanging out there in Southeast Missouri that mm-hmm. may or may not uh, ever mm-hmm. happen again in our lifetimes. I guess that's what insurance is for. What's that like? What what's what's an earthquake summit from from an insurance side of things? What's that like? Cuz I it was it was all over some news and, and it was mm-hmm. kind of interesting that you were you were a keynote there.
2: Well, our current Department of Insurance Director, Clara Lindley Myers and those before her as well, are very concerned that we have so many people in southeast missouri and and you know even though they're concerned about the missouri people but that would include northwest arkansas memphis and all the way up to the saint st louis area there's so many people who are uninsured and if you look at you know 20 25 30 years ago the percentages were much higher than they are now and as as those premiums have increased less people they just, you know, say, "Oh, I don't really need that." And I, I'm not sure what the exact motivation we could spe- speculate about that, but just trying to bring awareness to people that, you know, there is this serious potential possibility. Now, I remember when I was a kid, my parents took me to southeast Missouri to, and then we crossed over the Mississippi to where Realfoot Lake was, the lake that was created when Mm -hmm. we had the earthquake back in the 1800s. So I have have a vivid recollection of of hearing that whole story about how when the earthquake happened, the Mississippi went backwards and created this lake and all these things. And so I was, I'm just kind of fascinated by that whole thing. Um, But it's, it's a pretty serious issue. And I don't, you know, I think that um, there are probably many people in the world today who just feel like, well, if something bad happens, somebody will take care of me. And maybe that's right, because, I mean, if, you see, if you've seen what's happened in the last sure. week in the bad weather in, in our part of the country, lots of people come to help. I heard a story about uh, an elderly lady in Little Rock who's the tree fell on her house, and she was distressed, and the next morning she's standing out in the yard, and these people just come up with a truck and take the tree away. Like, not only just take it off the house and cut it up, but, like, take it away. And she was, like, in tears because people just do wonderful things sometimes. So, you know, hopefully that would happen. But it's, you know, there. I think the impact of the damage that could occur depending on the severity of the earthquake is, you know, we have short memories and as Americans. We really do. And we don't. We just don't think about how we would take care of ourselves in that situation, how we would take care of others, and the impact it would have on many things. So, we, we I see. mean, there's pipelines that cross the Mississippi River, and all kinds of things that could happen. And um, so, I was appreciative of Director Myers uh, not only having the summit and calling it to everybody's attention, but inviting us to participate as well. Um, you know, there's just a lot of unknown about yeah. what if. Yeah. What if? I mean, uh, you can see what it does in California. You can see what it does in Turkey. Turkey, yep. What if? Uh, yep. How bad would it be? And you know, how many engineers would you be able to find in a given moment to look at structures from our perspective? That's just one one part of it. Sure, sure. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: fascinating stuff. I love it. Thank you so much for sharing. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, yeah. So one of the things that you talked about was um, that is a, a reoccurring theme. I think. In um, the insurance industry, definitely shelters, um, but I feel like just part of your personal values is taking care of one another, taking care of our community. And really, that's what economic vitality is all about. Um, so we Really wanted to make economic development a more exciting topic mm-hmm. to talk about, which is why we have the <laughs> podcast. Because a lot of folks put it pigeonhole it into one area, and when we talk about um, economic vitality, we're talking about an ecosystem that has to do with, you know, good-paying jobs with good benefits, allowing folks to own homes um, and to mm-hmm. afford things like extra insurance, life insurance, things that really help them take care of themselves. Um, and protect themselves and their families, um, good schools, and then we hope that they have jobs that you know are so great that they have a little money to spend at the pizzeria down the street. Mm-hmm. And so when we talk about economic vitality, um, what are some of the ways that you feel like um, we do a really good job here in Columbia. And then maybe what are some ways, because you do have, you have a little different perspective than a lot of our guests because you do travel mm-hmm. and in your um, company covers many, many states. And so whereas some of our guests, and we pretty much have a microscopic view of Columbia, you can kind of compare and contrast and say, hey, you know, what are we doing really well? And then maybe what are some other things that other people are doing well that maybe we could think about?
2: Well, I think those of us who came before the three of us sitting here at this table that developed Ready and, um, and, and made it what it is today in terms of, I mean, when I come to a Ready board meeting or even one of our other events and see the number of people that respond and are interested in truly making our, our community um, you know, what it needs to be, it needs to be a, a, a vital community, it needs to be vibrant And it needs all of those things. And I think, you know, there are people who get into that mode of, well, big, bad business. You know, businesses are bad. And it's like, oh, my gosh, just all those things that you said. If we have a vibrant community, we have good schools and we have good roads and we have lots of economic opportunities for people to work. You know, from our perspective, our employees, you know, when they come here and they work for us, we want their families to have a good place to work, their spouses or their children, Um, and all of those things that go along with that that we just maybe take for granted a a little bit um, and don't realize how lucky we are to have the support of our business community in in Columbia. Um, I see towns just in Missouri alone. I mean, I do get to travel throughout um, the Midwest, but I see towns that um lost that economic vitality and they're not healthy communities at all you know their schools aren't healthy they don't have a grocery store in town they don't have a bank in town (laughs) they might have a convenience store and that's that's it and uh you know just it's it has to be intentional and that's what ready is about it's intentional here we make that happen we don't ever let anybody forget how important it is for all those things to, to come together and that we're all working in the same, you know, working kind of rowing the boat in the same direction. Now, you know, I mean, you know, businesses, it's interesting, we have large businesses here in Columbia, we trade employees back and forth, you know, we kind of like don't like this company comes in and takes some of our employees and then a couple years later we take some of them back. <laughs> you know, so there's a little bit of competition there, but that's healthy competition. And, you know, we, to, in order to keep the community in a healthy state, um we have to we have to work together to support that it's not going to happen because there's one company one place and one company another place if we're not all together rowing in the same direction and doing that intentionally and you know the staff the ready staff over the years has been great about really making sure our hand is raised when there's a new business that's interested in some place and that we're like no you need to come here and here's why Uh, And making sure that we can build the houses for those people and build the schools for those people because we have so many children that we're running out of space. All those great things that are great problems to have in terms of um, the development of the community.
0: So, yeah. yeah i'm picturing ready as the person at the, in the crew in the boat with the mm-hmm. microphone right. with the megaphone just right. telling everyone how to row mm-hmm. so not ready necessarily doesn't do the rowing all the time but but the one who's calling out the cadence to, to get like you say get everyone going in the same same speed and same rhythm so
2: i think the hardest part though is communicating that so that people who are not directly involved in a business or aren't an entrepreneur or who don't have just knowledge of the of the work that Ready just trying to get that out to the community, and make sure people understand that there's there's work to be done. That doesn't just happen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it doesn't just you know somebody just create it and it com- comes out of a bubble. It it takes a lot of work and investment, um, and that's why as as a company here in town we invest in Ready. That's why we you know just as many other companies do, and I th- I think there are probably a lot of people in our community that don't understand uh, the support and the investment that those large businesses and even the small businesses make. Because, you know, our company can can support financially. Other smaller companies can just support it by being present mm-hmm. and being at the table and giving their opinion, working on committees, all those kinds of things.
1: Absolutely.
2: For sure. Um,
0: I think earlier, I think Lisa was angling that direction. And I don't know. We got uh, an answer to, to a question we have a little farther down on our list usually. But you know, if if you got a chance to sit down with someone young, you know, post college, getting started in Columbia, what's that word of advice? What's that that phrase or that word of advice? Maybe something a mentor gave you at some point along the way that you would reshare to them um, to pass down. What what would you give to that person?
2: Well, I think I would probably just describe the um, how nice it is to live in a community like this. You know, I went to lunch today with an old friend, and there were three other people in the restaurant that I knew. Okay, I mean, and it's a restaurant. I won't I won't give names, but it's I, I never go there without running into other people. I coming and growing up in a small town. That's that's important to me. I love. Running into people at the grocery store or going out to dinner and, and meeting friends and seeing people that um, that, you know, and especially those that are involved in the community and that help us a lot. So I would say make sure that when you choose where you want to, to spend your life and, and raise your family or whatever that whatever that decide that you want to want to be doing with your life, make sure you're doing that in an area that um, that you can be a part of the community And others are going to help you and you're going to help them. And, uh, you know, it just it feels more like a family type community than it does just living. I mean, I lived in Kansas City for a long time and it's, um, you know, I love my time there. Happy that I did it. Wouldn't trade that for anything, but loved being back in Columbia and, um, you know, wouldn't wouldn't have thought about leaving here again because it's. Um, it's just a great place to live. And we're lucky it's geographically great place to live because you're close to Kansas City and St. Louis and the lake and not that far from other, you know, Chicago, wherever you want to be. Um, and it has the, the educational opportunities here, bring us this culture in our town that, you know, that a lot of towns would not have in terms of just the entertainment. Um, that, you know, just true faults is one of my favorite favorite times of the year and how many communities would never experience something like that that um that kind of culture and so it's you know just make sure that where you decide to plant yourself um that it's a, a place where you really love being there and love being with the people that are there i think that's so important yeah. kind of goes to that whole quality of life piece
1: right mm-hmm. um i think because Most folks that are part of what we do at Ready are very driven professionally, and we can get caught up in that context and talk about that. Um, I think it's equally as important when we talk about quality of life to think about life outside of work. And so um, having the opportunity to live in a community that you really enjoy Mm -hmm. is a really big part of just general life satisfaction. And it's part of that cycle of feeding you and, and keeping you going so that you can do your best work regardless of that it wherever that might be. And so I, I really like that. That's I'm writing notes. I like to take <laughs> notes and look back because everybody's had such great words of wisdom <laughs> that I'm like, oh, I need to work on this, or oh, I hadn't thought about things that mm. way. Yeah. So I really like that. So what we like to do when we kind of get close to the close of the podcast is we just like to open up the floor. And to say, Randa, is there anything that we did not cover today that you would just like to let everybody know about? Or is there any special piece of wisdom that you'd like to share with us?
2: Well, I think we, we've we covered most of that. I think just, uh, you know, my, um, my point would be Columbia is a wonderful place to live. It's home for me. Um... My husband grew up in Boonville, um, and uh, I convinced him he needed to move to this side of the river. So, although we spend some time there um, with the farm there as well, so um, just um, you know, I'm very, I feel very fortunate to live in this town and to be able to contribute uh, to the community and to have a company that's part of our values I don't you know when people ask me well how do you work for an insurance company you know one of those big bad insurance companies Like, well because we we care for people we help people in their time of need and uh, you know we make sure that we're doing the right thing most of the time and I think that's just I think that's rings true for most of our community is people care about each other here um, you know we're, we're very fortunate to have um You know, despite political differences, everybody seems to try to, at some point, can work in the same direction. Um, And so we just have to be thankful for that and continue to work to make sure that we can preserve that because it's, um, it can get away from you really fast in situations. And so, you know, I think the pandemic taught us a lot of things but you know uh one of the things that taught is life's pretty darn short sometimes and so let's make sure we're ma- making the best of it while we can
0: yeah no i i agree with that you you, you got to take that uh mm-hmm. you got to take that to heart and and mm-hmm. like you said dig into the roots of where you are and and plan mm-hmm. your own roots but know that it's going to nourish you back right you know Absolutely. And, and i think that there's a there's a feedback loop there and think ready uh, is an important part of that feedback loop. I'm happy to be here, and it's great to work through uh, some of the folks who who really stand out in our sphere and and show some other folks about why, why we love to do what we do because of the folks we get to do it with.
2: Yeah, and I would say from my perspective, having the opportunity to be on the board for the last couple of years, it's just, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things I wasn't aware of as well. Uh, you know, just things like going to Ashland for the evening and spending time learning about another part of our county or Centralia or Roachport, or wherever, whatever that is. And just impressed with the staff that we have, and I'll say that with you two sitting here, um, and, and the other staff members who aren't here, just um, the commitment that you have uh, to not just do your job. You're not just here doing your job, you're doing way more than doing your job and making sure that uh, what, the work that we do is really meaningful. That's important. Well, the check's in the mail. Thank you. (laughs) You're welcome. Yep,
1: exactly. Writing Um, that down for days where I don't feel. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Go back and
2: listen to the last five minutes of Randa's (laughs) podcast. If
0: I I
1: cross stitch,
0: that would be my cross stitch practice, right? That little quote right there. So, well, Randa, thank you so much. We really appreciate you being here, taking the time out uh, to to come and talk to us, and and to share with everyone you know to share with the ready board and 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 friends and family of ready that that know what uh you know know a little bit more about you and uh you know don't don't be surprised if the next board meeting you're at you get some extra extra questions (laughs) about something because folks i think have been digging into the podcast a little bit good um and lisa said our numbers are going up well thank you all
2: for taking the time to do this and for inviting me to be a part of it for sure absolutely
1: we're happy to
0: All right, well, we'll we'll wrap up Episode 7 here, and we'll be back with uh, Episode 8 sometime before too long. Uh, We'll we'll make sure and get it out.
1: And And if I was more on it, I would have looked at the schedule to know who's coming up next. (laughs) And that's okay. But you're just going to be surprised. Surprise Surprise. mystery guests for Episode 8. You never know.
0: We'll we'll get there. We'll get to Episode 8. And thank you so much for coming, and we'll talk to you soon.